how many of you have taken a personality profile before? Like Myers-Briggs or DISC or Enneagram, maybe Strength Finders. Uh, most of us love the insights from these personality profiles and what they uncover. After all, these things are about one of my personal favorite topics, me. <laughs> uh, we love learning about ourselves. Uh, and I love learning about me. For example, from the Myers-Briggs profile, I learned that I'm an INFP and that I'm actually a, a unique uh, entity in the population. There's only 5% of our population that are INFTs. <clears throat> Some of our characteristics are that we're deeply empathetic, we have a strong sense of justice, we're wildly creative, we tend to be pretty open-minded, and what I could not believe, multiple different sites said this, the top vocations would be either a teacher, a counselor, someone who worked in social services, or a pastor or clergyman. Me! <laughs> now, you may not realize it, but learning about ourselves is actually an incredibly important part of growing in our relationship with Jesus. Theologian John Calvin, he said it really well when he said this, without knowledge of self, there is no knowledge of God. Calvin is highlighting the intimate connection between growing self-awareness and growing our faith. As we become more fully self-aware of who we are and how we're uniquely wired, we can be more fully present in our relationships with one another and our relationships with God. So today, we are going to have the opportunity to discover more about ourselves so that we can grow in our self-awareness and grow deeper in our dependence on God. What's up, everybody? My name is Theo Davis. I'm the digital pastor here at Restore, and we're in week two of our series, Genetically Generous. Last week, we learned that every single one of us is wired for generosity because we're made in the image of a generous God. If we ask God to take a personality test, generous would be one of his most prominent characteristics. Uh, we see this generosity all through scripture. He's the generous God who gives life. He's the generous God who provides. He's the God who ultimately came down in human form and gave himself generously a criminal's death on the cross and was raised again three days later. Now, if you haven't taken the generosity survey that we did last week, I highly encourage you to take it. Go ahead and pause the video or pause the podcast or the live stream. Um, in fact, we don't have to pause the live stream. We'll give you a second or two to, 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 to figure this out. But text the word PROFILE to 816-608-4767. Again, text the word PROFILE to 816-608-4767. And we'll give you a few minutes to take it. But let me assure you, if you don't have a smartphone, you'll be able to figure it out uh, a little bit later. But go ahead and text that right now um, and try and figure out. It's only eight questions long, an eight-question survey. So please, it'll take you all of two minutes. Go ahead and take it, and we'll continue our message right after.
So now you should have a primary and a secondary profile. We're gonna talk about those uh, in depth in a few moments, but stick with me here. Because this generosity journey, it's important. As, because, because as we as human beings, we're made in the image of God. We're also wired for generosity. But due to the fall of mankind, when original sin happened, <clears throat> our wiring kind of got crossed. And so we're on this journey to rediscover how God wants us to be generous and leverage some of our natural inclinations of our generosity for his kingdom. Now, a quick disclaimer if you didn't join us last week, because I want you to know that the focus of this series <clears throat> isn't specifically about how we spend our money. It's about living generously. It's a bit more of a holistic approach. You may have read tons of books and listened to podcasts, watched training videos, how to eat better, how to get in shape, how to be a better parent. One of the reasons we do that is because we genuinely want to learn how to be better and put it into practice. But what's the point after reading that book and listening to that, we have the knowledge, but then we don't put it into practice. My hope is that as you're taking time out of your day, <clears throat> you know, uh, right now the Chiefs are playing, I know, and so some people are probably coming back to this message a little bit later. If you've gotten this far, I want you to put this into practice. I want you to leverage this to the best of your abilities. Don't just let this be head knowledge. Let it go into heart knowledge as well and, and begin applying it to your life. The goal of this series is just to learn how can we be generous with our entire holistic life. And we're going to look at these different profiles. Uh, not all of them encompass generosity as a strength. And you know what? That's okay. But here's my fear. My fear, sitting here as a pastor of our church, and we're talking about generosity, and our minds do kind of instantly go toward money, um, it may feel a little bit self-serving, like, oh, of course they want to talk about money, you know, so that it's paying their salaries and, and uh, you know, it's, it's helping the church buy more equipment or whatever, that kind of stuff. Do they even give? Do they even, um, you know, are they having to do this sacrificial stuff? So that, that's my fear. So let me, let, me, let me respond to some of that stuff before we even get into the profiles. Uh, number one, if you have any questions about how Restore Community Church online or in person spends its money, shoot me an email, theo at restorecc.org. I would be happy to talk with you and, and show you our budget and show you where we spend money. I could even show you uh, my expense report and what I've been reimbursed for because it's all in service to helping you find your way back to God and move forward in the Jesus mission, whether you're in person or online. Number two, sometimes there's this myth that... <clears throat> Oh, pastors, you know, uh, they don't tithe because the tithe of everyone else goes to where paying their salaries. So, you know, they don't necessarily have to tithe. No, guess what? Me and my family, we tithe our 10%. Uh, we are constantly, um, uh, to every single month, we take all the cash that we got for that month and we tithe 
temperance, a couple hundred dollars every single month. You know what I could do with a couple hundred dollars? You know what I could, you know, like my, my daughter wants a new phone. My daughter wants a first time phone. Uh, electric bills are expensive these days. My gas bill's about to go up. Like there's a bunch of stuff I could do financially with that money. But I, I share that because I want you to know we're not asking you to do anything that we ourselves are not doing, both financially, skill-wise, relationally, in every aspect of life. The last thing I wanna just quickly address, if you're still on the fence about giving to Restore, starting your generosity journey here, I'd encourage you, as you still continue to attend Restore, if you call this your church home, find another church just to be generous to in the meantime. Whether that's a missionary, a church planter, young life, care portal, find a place where you can be financially generous and watch what God does. Our goal is that your character is transformed into the character of Christ. Not that Restore gets more money or more volunteer hours or more skilled people, but ultimately more disciples who want to become more like Jesus. And a generous life is one huge way of how we do that. But let's go ahead and get into the fun stuff, shall we? Hopefully at this point, you've had an opportunity to take that test and you know what your primary and your secondary profiles are. Now, this doesn't mean it got it right. Um, so through today and next week, we're going to highlight all six profiles. But don't assume the test got it right, although it likely did. <laughs> I would imagine you know yourself best and you will be able to identify how you are wired. There are, as I mentioned, there are six generosity profiles. Here they are. There's community growers, budget keepers, faith stretchers, cause movers, disciplined doers, legacy builders. Uh, yeah, and that's it. And so today, we're going to zoom in on the first three. So let me start off by talking about the community growers. Community growers, I would venture to say, you embody the whole life of generosity in its most beautiful form. You're kind of the most balanced of everyone. Not just because uh, you personally uh, love helping the kingdom of God, but you want the community, the whole community, to come together. You understand that as a community, we have unique abilities, giftings, roles that no one person's gifts are greater or profile, generosity profile, is greater than another's. You understand that when the, the gathering of believers comes together with your time, your skills, your service, that the mission of God can really go forth throughout every aspect of life and every aspect of the communities you find yourselves in. I love this particular verse, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. It says this, From him, the whole body, joined together uh, by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The body in this passage is the body of Christ, the church. All throughout scripture, here's a little uh, uh, misunderstanding. Some people think the church is a building. It's, it's the building with four walls and there's some stained glass and there might be some pews or chairs or whatever. That is not the church. Every time you read in the New Testament, it's referring to the church, the church, the church. It's referring to the body. It's referring to the community of believers all across the globe. 
Listen to what uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, and I'm going to read a couple different portions here, but I don't want you to think of when it's talking about the body or the church as a building, but it's talking about every one of us Christ followers globally as well as locally. Listen to what it says. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. Even so, the body is not made up of one, but many parts. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 17 through 27 says, Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. But if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Community growers live this verse out to the fullest, that everyone has a role to play in the body of Christ. This verse is talking specifically about the spiritual gifts, yes, but it highlights all the roles of someone inside the church. That someone who is financially generous would not say to someone who's relationally generous that you aren't valuable. No, we are all one body, but many parts. Community growers, you see the giftings and values in people all across the body of Christ, and you see it in a holistic manner. Community growers often are very financially obedient, but find themselves discouraged when financial generosity is talked about because they fear the perception that generosity is only financially focused, not holistically focused. At Restore, community growers could absolutely see the value of care portal and church planting. These things are all successful with a variety of different people with a variety of different gifts. So that's community growers. Let's move on to the second profile, budget keepers. Now, I'm nervous that when you took the profile test and you saw you got a budget keeper, you were like, oh, that's boring, but yeah, I guess that's me. Well, hold up a minute. Budget keepers are some of the coolest people around. They literally have the most fun. They like to know how to have a good time. Uh, they look at a spreadsheet, carefully count the numbers, and uh, they are just giddy with joy. And I'm not just saying that because I'm one of them. <laughs> okay, so budget keepers, they're probably not the coolest people around, but we are really valuable. This may seem like a crazy concept to some of you out there, but budget keepers like to sit down and go over spreadsheets, go over calendars, go over their finances or their, or their schedule and, say where, and see where they're spending too much money, where can we make some adjustments, what can we cut, Netflix has gotta go, Disney Plus has gotta go, uh, you know, that check mark on Facebook's gotta go because we need to hit budget, we need to put some money into savings. You're thinking, how can I be more intentional? Because I want to treat my friend to lunch. 
I want to be able to be generous to this organization. Man, I want to I buy my significant other a present. So you're wise with your money. Budget keepers are typically great at being consistently generous. We dive into the budget and we, set, we make sure that everything is in order so that we can consistently be generous to the causes that we want to be generous to. And I'm not just talking about budget financially, the budget of our schedule, how much time in my week do I have to give to my family, to my friends, to my hobbies? How, how can they budget their time uh, skill-wise, what skills am I learning? Lord knows that I am constantly learning new skills. In fact, I just picked up uh, color pencil drawing. It's so much fun blending the colors and whatnot. But if I'm doing that, I can't oil paint. But sometimes I want to play piano more and get more skilled at that. But sometimes I want to, and so I bounce around to things, but I got to budget my time as well. But typically, there are also, uh, budget keepers are also generous uh, with their time, they usually find ways of serving within a local church community. A budget keeper's nature often produces a level of generosity that is unusually high compared to others just because they're so consistent. A verse to me that sums up budget keepers really well is this. It's found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 25. Jesus says this, Therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Jesus here is talking about putting his teachings into practice, like being a wise man who built on a solid foundation. They are bathed in wisdom and intentionality, these budget keepers. They would, be dis- they would probably describe themselves as pretty consistently obedient. Uh, listen to what Luke chapter 14 says in verse 28. So Jesus again says, suppose one of you go- wants to go and build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost and see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay a foundation... Uh, and there are not enough funds to finish it, everyone who sees you will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Oh, that sounds like a nightmare and a waste of money, time, and skill. This is a budget keeper to a T. Can we do it? Is it wise? Does it make sense? But as budget keepers, we often don't describe ourselves as generous. And when an opportunity to be generous outside of our normally scheduled programming of finances or time or skills, we often hold back because we're like, oh, I've ordered everything out. I'm not sure I can go the extra mile, even though we probably can. It's something that we have to resist. The savings account has to, is also a huge factor for budget keepers. Is there enough savings for me to be generous in this instant? If the savings is tight, oh, I don't know if I can be generous because savings is tight. I need to put more money into that before I can be generous to you. That's the challenge for budget keepers. We'll talk more about that next week. The last profile I want to discuss, and then we'll close out, are faith stretchers. Y'all are cool. 
This is, this is just, I love faith stretchers, right? I love watching you do your thing. Faith stretchers, you connect to your faith um, and your generosity in such a unique and powerful way. Generosity is always an opportunity to stretch yourself and your faith, to become more like Jesus, to put an absolute crazy amount of trust in God. Faith stretchers have a belief that God will reward them for their radical generosity. And it's based in scripture too. And that is not always a monetary value, but they can be able to put their trust and belief that God is going to take care of them no matter what. They are often uh, willing to give to any and every need that they see arise. And sometimes us budget keepers, we can look at them as irresponsible or a bit erratic, but they see it as a gift to give, that they should be giving more and more, more time, more gifts, more energy, more skills, more relationships. Here's a story that I think defines faith stretchers really well, found in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. It says this, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw large amounts in, but a poor widow came and put two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you this, this woman, this widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. This widow is the ultimate faith stretcher. Her belief is that God will take care of her regardless of her poverty and her situation. Faith stretcher stories are some of my favorite in the church community. Over the years, I've had, I've heard and have witnessed dozens and dozens and dozens of stories of people going well beyond what they were capable of giving financially, time-wise, skill-wise, and then miraculously, God meets them in the midst of it. God helps them, God supplies them one way or the other in some pretty miraculous ways, and it's amazing. Now, a challenge for faith stretchers is that they often believe that uh, their faithfulness is a cause and effect relationship. If I give this, then God will press it down and give it back to me like this. But that's not always the case, and mature faith stretchers will know this. Uh, sometimes, People can take a verse in scripture like, uh, you know, God will, whatever you give, God will press it down, shake it together and overflowing. Um, we can talk about that verse another time. For the sake of time today, I can't dive into it. However, if you give a dollar, God's not necessarily gonna give you $100 back in your bank account. Uh, in fact, I've never seen that happen. Most of the time, God will bless us as we give financially, he'll bless us in another way. As we give our time, he'll bless us in a different way. As we give our skills, he'll bless us in a different way. It's important to keep that in mind, faith stretchers. 
And they're right that it's not always uh, as simple as that, but I, I still love nonetheless how they lean into their faith. So those are our three profiles for today. I hope that um, that's been encouraging for you and that you saw yourself in one of those profiles. Come back next week as we continue this series and we talk about the remaining three profiles. And then we're going to wrap it all up and help you figure out how to live your best generous life in light of which profile you are. Now, I know this is a bit of a different type of series, a different way that we're ending, but my hope and my prayer is that this is helpful to you, that this adds value to your life and ultimately helps you connect to God and pray to God in some unique ways, knowing more of who you are and what your needs are. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for everything.